Welcome. This is the Gender-Based Violence Information Management System, the GBVIMS, the podcast where we talk about safe, ethical, and useful GBV data management and humanitarian settings. I'm Christy. Today we'll be discussing another one in the series on linking data analysis with programming, this one featuring Lebanon. So I'm joined by Donna Dib, the GBVIMS coordinator with UNFPA Lebanon. Welcome, Donna. Hi, Christy. Perhaps we can start with a little background. Can you tell us about the context there? Yes, sure. So currently in Lebanon, we just heard by the United Nations High Commission of Refugees, UNHCR, currently have around 1.2 million. The government also approximates that there's thousands in the country which are not registered by UNHCR. Based on that, there has been also an open-door policy for Syrians entering Lebanon. However, as of January 2015, the government of Lebanon had issued new rules and regulations regarding the entry and the entry of Lebanon, including cost renewal of residency for Syrians. As a result, this restricted the movement of hundreds of Syrian refugees and also increased the risks of violence, especially upon uh, women and girls. In particular, in the Lebanon context, we actually have uh, six organizations providing life-saving case management services, which are using the GBVIMS. Of these organizations, there is the International Rescue Committee, there is the Danish Refugee Council, there is Intersos, there is International Medical Corps, Caritas, Lebanon Migrant Center, and Mahzoumi Foundation. Four international organizations and two local organizations are supported by three UN agencies, UNICEF, UNFPA, and UNHCR. So how did you determine your analysis should be focused on intimate partner violence and family violence, as well as violence in public spaces? Well, the Lebanon National GBVMS Steering Committee does meet uh, on a monthly basis to kind of conduct a joint data analysis sessions. Um, based on that, we were we were looking into all of the data in 2016, and we realized there were some uh, trends uh, between the quarters. So we realized there were constant increases uh, as the months passed by. And then also, we didn't just look at the GBVIMS data, but then we also looked at other sources. Uh, so these six organizations were able to come back with the same feedback of that there were constantly survivors uh, of domestic violence and intimate partner violence, which they were able to extract from, from other GBV interventions or protection monitoring reports or GBV risk assessment reports, or even looking at uh, focus group discussions. So based on that, we decided to focus and dedicate this document onto domestic violence and intimate partner violence, and also in parallel, even looking at family violence and violence in public spaces, because the trends weren't only focused on what women and girls were experiencing in their household, but also what they were ex- experiencing outside of their households. And what were the trends that really stood out? We mostly saw increase and spike when it came to data, data reported on intimate partner violence with focus on Three most uh, highly reported of types of GBV, such as physical assault, uh, psychological and emotional abuse, and sexual assault. And then what we also looked at is we saw a a constant decline of services, um, such as protection and security services or legal services. So even though that was spiking throughout the months, but towards the end of 2016, it was very apparent that after an entire year of constant trends and an, an immediate spike uh, in decline of services and report the, the period between the, uh, the the incident and the report date, there was also a, a spike in that percentage. Uh, so based on that, that's how we were able to determine that we'd like to advocate around this particular issue. As in fi- violence in public spaces, I think this is something that we were able to see month to month through our data. But then we were also able to use this information to support what we've been seeing as the per the GBVIMS. So we didn't just want to look at one source of data 
but we wanted to look at the various sources. So for the public spaces, it was something that we were seeing uh, over the entire year and before that also. I love that you took a lot of other sources of information combined with the GBVIMS to base your action off of. That's something we always recommend and something that's uh, a little bit hard for some countries to get into the practice of. So having all of that information on hand, how did you as an interagency group coordinate on what action to take? And ultimately, what action did you take? Yeah, well, exactly. As, as you said, Christy, just looking at one source of data was not sufficient enough. And then I think that's why it also took us some time to draft this uh, this report, because we wanted to look more and more in depth. So, I mean, as a, as a steering committee, we do meet on a monthly basis. But then also, not only on a national level, we meet to discuss these trends, but also on a field level. So in, in the various field locations, uh, they also meet uh, to discuss these trends. So that was very helpful because we had insight coming from the field itself. So based on that, when we did draft, we did draft key messages and recommendations. We tried to link them to any, not only programmatic recommendations, but uh, to other sectors. So based on that, we actually looked into advocating for some services uh, while collaborating with the legal sector or while looking uh, into collaborating with the child protection sector. We used their platforms actually to discuss these trends that we've been able to collect and draft. For instance, once this paper was ready, we used the child protection working group as a forum for us to come forward and discuss what we've been able to see. And we also called for a, a larger action further than the sexual and gender-based violence sector. So that's one of the many things that we were able to do uh, as a steering committee. So in parallel, we also presented our findings in the protection working group, focusing on having more increase of uh, safe shelters. That's one of the things that we were able to draft, also one of our key messages, that, that based on what survivors have reported, that there was uh, many unavailable safe shelters. So we also tried to use the protection platform to discuss these issues. Our key messages also included to ensure that there was predictable long-term funding and especially when it came to psychosocial services, uh, because we were able to also, from the meetings that take place and the, the trends that we were able to extract, one of the key and vital entry points for survivors uh, was case management services. So that's one of the things we also decided to advocate for, to ensure that there is a continuity uh, of these services available. Some other recommendations also included that there should be trainings for police actors, for other humanitarian actors. We also saw that through our data from the GBVIMS that we've collected, we saw that there's a lot of survivors who've declined to reach out for protection services. And this was also supported by many GBV interventions uh, where women and girls feared coming forward for specific legal aid or protection services due to lack of documentation or the belief that no one can help. Those were some of the key messages that we, we advocated for. And then finally, one of the main things which we also advocated for and we're still kind of in the process of doing is that we're trying to encourage the government of Lebanon to establish a national legal and policy framework to broaden protection and services available for survivors of domestic violence per a law found uh, in Lebanon, which is Law 293. So these are just, uh, some of the main aspects that we looked at. I'm wondering if you could share any tips. I mean, one of the things that's difficult for a lot of other country programs to do is to have really impactful joint data analysis sessions. Can you give a couple tips that have worked out well for you in Lebanon? Several learned lessons that came out throughout this exercise. One of the main things is to really meet regularly to discuss these trends. We want to ensure that you know we're doing something with it. So that's why we try to ensure that support 
is is available for not only focal points attending those national steering committee, but then also on a field level. So on a monthly basis, we try to look at our data to see if anything stands out, if there are any spikes, if there are any trends. So as you know, many times there could be nothing, but then that's what's so important that we are able to ensure that on a monthly basis we are meeting to discuss this. Uh, but then also things that we've committed to as a country is to produce a document on a quarterly basis we would choose a theme based on the trends that we see. So just to ensure that we're regularly meeting and discussing these trends, but then also we're producing something out of these meetings. That's one of the main things I think would helped us develop this pager through our regular meetings, uh, both on national and field level. One other thing we also looked at was uh, triangulating GBVIMS data with other sources. So we didn't just want to look at GBVIMS data, but then we, we also encouraged a lot of the actors who are contributing to GBVIMS data going back internally and looking at any other sources of data that they have to support what we see through the GBVIMS. So again, we focused on meeting regularly and triangulating GBVIMS data with other sources. Uh, so for example, in terms of triangulation, uh, one of the decisions to advocate for additional legal services and information sessions around the survivor's legal rights was a result of other sector data and GBVIMS referrals of services triangulated. And then finally, one of the other things we looked at was to share and discuss GBVIMS data and sector data on an interagency level and through multi-sectorial platforms. We're using other platforms to call for action. We're using other platforms to support what we're seeing. I think it goes both both ways. So not only are we glad to have the forum and other forums, such as the Child Protection Forum or the Protection Forum or the Health Forum, not only that we do we have that, then also we're glad to have the data that we're collecting to support what they're seeing also. A lot of practical lessons learned that can be applied to other places having regular meetings with really actionable analysis that comes out of that and and actually having an impact based on that data and sharing the results of that with other platforms that you've deemed safe and also effective to share with. So a lot of other tips that, that other country programs can use. Big thanks to you, Donna, for sharing the best practices on data analysis in this special edition uh, of the podcast on linking data analysis to programming. Thank you, Christy. And if you're interested to read the whole story, the case study from Lebanon is available on our website under the Linking Data Analysis with Programming section. Thanks for listening. As always, be responsible with your data and learn more at gbvims.com.